Hello everyone, this is Pastor Dean Thompson with a word of hope. The Unveiled Christ, Part 33, The Great Multitude, Through Tribulation to Triumph. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 12, New International Version. One Wednesday afternoon, afternoon, some years ago, I happened to have gone to a certain church. Their prayer and fasting service had just ended. And it seemed like most persons came out of that service distraught and worried. What was the problem? The main presenter had just finished presenting on the 144,000. I did not hear the actual presentation, but I heard what was being expressed by all the concerned saints coming out of the service. Some were worried that only a, very, only a very few of us Christians would be saved. They thought the 144,000 is a literal number, representing the number of the end-time saints. They talked about Ellen White's statement regarding not one in 20 being ready. Some vented about the futility of them attending church for so many years. Some were even crying. How should I respond to this situation? I questioned myself, how can I give hope to these fear-filled souls? I took a book from the vestry and went over to a group that was still hanging around on the compound. A few sisters were there. One lady was speaking in a very sad tone. Her face was stained with tears. I handed her the book, What We Believe, published by the Inter-American Division Publishing Association for the Inter-American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. It is a study on the 28 fundamental beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. The book, I opened the book to pages 150 to 151, and I told her to read. After reading the first few sentences, she exclaimed, It's not a literal number. Praise God. And she kept on reading. Maybe you should read it too, if you have access to that book. Many there are who, after reading about the 144,000, sink their souls into an attitude of despondency. The book of Revelation was not written to cast people into hopelessness. Oh no, not at all. It was written to give hope. It was written to comfort those who are truly in Christ and to confront those who are not. But what about the great multitude that John saw? 
is there any connection between them and the 144,000? Well, notice that John never said that he saw the 144,000. He only heard the number. He heard a number that is relatively small, but he saw an innumerable crowd. What is happening here? Stefanovic explains, the revelator sometimes uses another literary technique that is expressed with the phrases I heard and I saw or I looked. In this avenue of explaining the things he witnessed in vision, John sometimes first hears something in the vision and what he subsequently sees is essentially the same thing, yet in some different way, in some way different. What he sees is actually a different facet of the things he heard before. The following is a list of things that were communicated by this literary technique. Chapter 1. John first hears a, vo a loud voice as of a trumpet behind him. Verse 10 of chapter 1. When he turns around, he instead sees Jesus walking in the midst of the seven lampstands. Ch verses 12 and 13. Chapter 5, John hears, first hears that the lion from the tribe of Judah has overcome. When he turns to see the lion, he sees the lamb as having been slain. Verses 5 and 6, both are the images of Christ. The lion shows what Christ did and the lamb how he did it. Chapter 7, John first hears the number 144,000 as being God's embattled sealed people. When he sees the same group, they appear to him as a great multitude that nobody could count. The groups are thus the same, the same saints in different roles and circumstances. Chapter 17, John hears of the great prostitute sitting on many waters. Chapter 17, verse 1, what he later sees is a woman sitting in a, on a scarlet beast whose name is Babylon. This shows that the beast and the waters refer to the same political secular entity specified in chapter 17 verse 15. Chapter 21, John first hears of the bride, the wife of the Lamb. 21 verse 9, but he actually sees the holy city, Jerusalem, in its glory. 21, 10 and 11. We should all note that the first part of chapter 7 is addressing the question of chapter 6 verse 17, the great day of the wrath has come, and who can withstand it? Chapter 6 verse 17, New International Version. The second part of the chapter is now showing those who have gone through the great tribulation and are ready to experience ultimate salvation. The literary technique I mentioned previously is the clue to understanding the identity of this great multitude. John first hears, I quote, John first hears the number 144,000 as gets God's embattled sealed people on the earth. Then in chapter, chapter 7, 9 to 14, when he sees this same group, they appear to him in actual fact as a great multitude that no one can number. Stefanovic. Herman Hoxema also explains that the numberless strong and the 144,000 are not a different class of people, but principally the same. This is shown in the first place 
by the fact that the Great Tribulation is one of the main ideas in both passages, which speaks of the 144,000 and that which is now under discussion. In fact, both passages find their reason, the reason why they are revealed in the coming of that Great Tribulation upon the Church. The first, the purpose of both passages evidently is to reveal that the church, reveal to the church their precarious position in the world and nevertheless their safety over against that great tribulation. The only difference is that the 144,000 still confront that tribulation while the numberless strong have already passed through it. It is very evident that it is the same throng, the one pictured as in the midst of the great tribulation or rather as standing on the verge of passing through it and the other pictured as already having experienced it and having overcome it is therefore the same multitude only in different states at different periods and therefore from different points of view in the first part they are up on the earth in the second part they are already in glory in the new economy of the, of the kingdom which is completed. In the first, they are in tribulation. In the second, they have already passed through that tribulation. End of quote. Stefanovic, in his exposition, explains, the great, the great tribulation itself is portrayed not in Revelation 7, but later in Revelation 13, 11 to 17, and chapters 15 through 18. John is interested here not in the tribulation itself, but rather in the question raised earlier by the wicked. The great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? That's chapter 6 verse 17. The answer to the question is clear. The great multitude standing before the throne of God, they and the 144,000 are the same group. While earlier portrayed as a militant group standing on the threshold of the great tribulation, ready to wage war, now they are referred to as the ones coming out of the Great Tribulation. Chapter 7, verse 14. The Great Tribulation is behind and the battle is over. That is why God's faithful people are no longer organized into military units, but are portrayed as a, as a rejoicing crowd returning from the battle and celebrating the triumphant victory. End of quote. Stefanovich continues. The great multitude is seen clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands. Both the white robes and the palm branches are signs of victory, triumphant victory. The white robes remind one of Roman generals and soldiers clothed in white robes celebrating their triumphs after a successful war. The scene also reminds us of the palm branches used for festive joy and celebration of military victory. Here we have the fulfillment of the promise given to the overcomers in Sardis that they would walk before Christ clothed in white garments. Chapter 3 verses 4 and 5 and chapter 3 verse 18. The great multitude is said to have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Chapter 7 verse 14. As the blood of the Paschal Lamb on the door of the house protected the Israelites from the Exodus plagues, just before they were delivered from the Egyptians. So the blood of the Lamb, Christ himself, provides the deliverance of the eschatological Israel. Revelation 22 verse 14. Their triumph is a result of Christ's great victory achieved on the cross. 
The great promise given in Revelation 3 verse 21 has now come to its full its realization. The overcomers from all ages have their share with Christ on his throne. The shout of the redeemed crowd before the throne reveals that their triumph is not a result of their own efforts and achievement. Salvation to our God sitting on the throne and to the Lamb. The redeemed multitude say nothing about their own achievement. It is God who protected and preserved them through the hours of their trials and distresses. Their victory is therefore the result of what Christ has done for them rather than what they have achieved for themselves. End of quote. William Barclay The shout of the triumphant faithful ascribes salvation to God. It is brought it is God who has brought them through their trials and tribulations and distresses, and it is his glory which now they share. God is the great Savior, the great Deliverer of his people, and the deliverance which he gives is not the deliverance of escape or the deliverance of conquest. It is not a deliverance which saves a man from trouble, but one which brings him triumphantly through trouble. It does not make life easy but it makes life great. It is not the part of the Christian hoped to look for a life in which a man is saved from all trouble and distress. The Christian hope is that a man in Christ can endure any kind of trouble and distress and remain erect all through them and come out to glory on the other side. End of quote. Brothers and sisters, God does not stop his people from facing trouble sometimes. He does not always heal our sickness. He does not always stop our pain. Sometimes life gets difficult for the child of God. Sometimes the shadows come. Sometimes our loved ones flee. Sometimes the whole world turns against us. But we are never alone. We are never left helpless or hopeless. By his amazing grace, God will always see us through. Do you believe it? What are you going through right now? Are you being persecuted for your faith? Are you being evicted from your home? Are you under the threat of losing your job because of your righteous stand? Just know, my friends, my brothers and sisters, God will come through for you. Your difficulties will not last forever. Your pain will stop someday. Your victory is assured. Your deliverance is near. Keep on holding on. Keep on pressing on the upward way. Keep on trusting in Jesus. Keep on following him and letting him have his way. He will carry you through. You will overcome. He will give you the victory at last. Oh God, you promise to keep us through the difficulties of life. Even when we must go through great tribulation, we have the assurance of victory in Jesus. Please help us to stop doubting you to stop being fearful of the enemy's aggression, but to trust your heart full of compassion. Help us to maintain uprightness even in the face of stiff penalties. Help us to be faithful to the very end. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters.